Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was growing up, uh, my parents often said that having cable TV was a privilege. That when they were kids, uh, if you had more than just basic cable, man, you were living the good life. And I find that kind of funny because nowadays it almost seems like it's kind of the opposite. That you don't even need more than just basic cable to watch anything you really want. Right? And of course, that's because of all the streaming services that are out there. I mean, between Netflix or Hulu and Amazon Prime and so many others, cable TV is almost like a thing of the past. At least that's how it is for my wife and I know plenty of other uh, people in my generation. But I will say, I still do like watching cable TV when I get the opportunity. And if I find the chance, or we're somewhere that has cable, I will definitely still flick through all the channels, even though I know I'm probably going to end up in one of two places. Uh, the first one, of course, is usually some sort of sports channel, whether it's ESPN or NBC Sports or any channel that has to do with soccer. And then the other channel is the Food Network. And Recently, while Lauren and I were visiting her parents, uh, I was, again, surfing through channels. I ended up at the Food Network, and I started watching this show called Restaurant Impossible. Uh, the entire premise of the show is essentially summed up in the name. Uh, see, the host of the show is Robert Irvine, and each episode, uh, what Robert Irvine does is he goes around to some of the most beaten down, run down, poorly run, just uh, kind of bad restaurants around the country. Now, uh, Mr. Irvine is a master chef himself and a restaurateur, someone who owns restaurants and runs them quite well. So when he goes to these places that are not run well, it kind of makes sense. They seemingly are impossible. Um, most of these places, outside of a failing inspection grade, are pretty much some of the worst things you've seen. Uh, they usually have a bad menu and then uh, kind of like a, a wishy-washy sort of staff who some people even leave during this time while Mr. Irvine's there as he's trying to make all these sudden changes to, of course, make things better. And the decor is bad. <laughs> People really aren't eating there anymore. A few locals kind of still like it because, you know, it's where they always go. But of course, there's competition and slowly but surely the business is all but dying out. And so what Mr. Irvine does is he tries to make possible the impossible. And did I mention that he's supposed to do this in just two days and on a budget of just $10,000? I mean, talk about seemingly the impossible. Uh, if you've never seen this show, I recommend it. If for no other reason, then uh, Mr. Irvine has some uh, quick-witted commentary that comes up quite often in the show. But I would also say that you might want to watch it just because I think, to a certain extent, we'd all like to be in Mr. Irvine's shoes. Uh, what I mean by that is, I think it's fair to say we'd all want the opportunity to make possible the impossible. We'd all want to turn a restaurant that is run down and almost out of business into this incredible hot spot restaurant where people actually travel from all around the country to eat there. We all want the opportunity to take uh, the local town dump and turn it into the beautiful, luscious garden that breathes new life. 
We all want the opportunity to take uh, the local sports team that has struggled for quite some time now and turn it into a winning machine. I mean, just look at the Baltimore Orioles. They've been trying for years. <laughs> but that's a sermon for another day. Uh, nonetheless, that is something that we'd all like to do. I think it's fair to say we all want the opportunity to make possible the impossible. And there are some people who attempt this throughout their lifetime. I mean, Mr. Irvine is one of them. He has some of the resources and the opportunity to do so. And honestly, having watched his show a few times now, it's quite incredible the work that he does. And along with that, it's pretty evident that even in just the 30 or 45 minute episode, you can tell that there's a lot of challenge in these two days, in these moments, in this ability to make possible the impossible. It takes hard work. It takes a concentrated effort. And honestly, you're really doing something that no one else wants to do. I mean, that's why it's called impossible in the first place. Because if it was possible, well, then everyone would be trying to do it. But for all the sort of impossibilities that come up in this show, for any attempt that anyone will ever try to make possible the impossible, I think they all pale in comparison to what we're hearing about in this morning's text. Uh, this story that I'm sure many of you have heard plenty of times before in which certainly there's a lot of uh, impossibilities, or at least that's how it sounds. See, uh, the thing is, in this story, it just sounds like it's getting more and more impossible. Because for starters, we're told about an angel of the Lord who appears. We don't know how we got there. We're not told. We're not even really thinking about it. But this angel just appears to this woman. And when he does, the woman is perplexed. She's confused, but more so just because of why he's there. What does he want with her? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? And then the angel begins to tell her, you have found favor with God and you're going to be pregnant. You're going to give birth to a son and you're going to name him Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I couldn't imagine trying to deliver the news of telling an unexpecting mother that she's going to be pregnant and you're telling her how she has to name her baby. And it's coming from an angel. I mean, if you've ever tried to do something like that, let me know how that experience turned out for you. <laughs> but then the angel keeps going. See, because this baby is not just your average baby. This baby that Mary is going to give birth to is the son of the Most High. The angel says that this baby will be from the throne of David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. This baby will be the Holy One of God. Now Mary, hearing all of these things that sound pretty impossible, takes us to kind of the most logical question in this. Perhaps something that sticks out as what is impossible for us to even consider. She asked the angel, how can I have a baby if I'm a virgin? Seemingly impossible. 
But the angel says to her, you will be overcome by the Holy Spirit. You will be shadowed by the Spirit of God. And he will come upon you and you will give birth to the most holy, the Son of Man, the Son of God. And if all that wasn't already sounding impossible, the angel adds just one more thing. He says, and by the way, your relative, Elizabeth, who was told for her entire life, uh, about 60 years at this point, that she would never have a child. She is six months pregnant. It's as if every time this angel opened up his mouth, more and more things were being said that sounded simply impossible. I mean, remember I told you in Restaurant Impossible, uh, they flip a restaurant in two days with a budget of $10,000. But does that actually compare to this situation? Uh, Let's say maybe 20 restaurants or 100 or 1,000 or uh, just think about whatever number you need to and then try and compare it to how impossible this situation sounds. Like I said, I think anything we could come up with pales in comparison. Just look at what we've heard. Just just listen to those details again. If you are ever looking for a story that makes possible the impossible, look no further than this one from right out of Scripture. This story defies any sort of understanding that we have of what is actually possible. This story shatters even the most creative minds and the most thought-provoking people. This story challenges what we think and hold close as possible in our own lives. This story moves far beyond anything that we could ever imagine as actually possible. I mean, even if you think about the situation that you've been in your life that feels like it was seemingly impossible, it just doesn't compare to this one. And perhaps as we hear this story, we really can't compare anything to it because so much of it sounds impossible. I mean, just from the beginning, that an angel appears to Mary, and Mary is talking to the angel of the Lord as if it was just another regular conversation. But that's the thing about this story. See, this story doesn't just make possible the impossible. It makes the impossible a reality. And I want to say that one more time because I think it can sound a little bit confusing. See, this story, the story about Jesus, the story about the one who will be born the Most High, the Son of Man, it's not just a story that makes possible the impossible. It makes the impossible a reality. And don't take my word for it, because the angel said it first. The last thing the angel says to Mary in verse 37 is this. For nothing will be impossible with God. Now on the one hand, we live in a world that often tries to tell us similar sort of things as if we are living in a world with endless possibilities. 
Uh, it's things that, that's something that companies like Apple and Samsung try to tell us whenever they want us to buy their new technology, that somehow it has more endless possibilities. Or uh, think of a company like Amazon that is seemingly adding all the kind of possibilities with their services that they offer. Or, I mean, just take the internet. It kind of comes with this message that with just a few clicks of a button, it's just endless possibilities. But the truth is, these are all just an illusion of endless possibilities. Because when we really consider what these things are, even though many of us use them for all kinds of good things, they have their limits. One day, all of these things are going to pass away. When we really think about it, these things are nothing more than a creation of man into a broken and a sinful world and used by broken and sinful creatures. These things don't have endless possibilities. They are most certainly limited, and one day they will be no more. And honestly, I think this kind of stuff exposes how limited we are in our own thinking, when we hear this angel say, nothing will be impossible with God. Because when the angel says, nothing will be impossible with God, he literally meant nothing. Giving sight to the blind? Possible. Healing a man who's never been able to walk before? Possible. Turning water into wine? Possible. Walking on water? Possible. Calming a storm with just his voice? Possible. Restoring a broken marriage? Possible. Restoring a broken relationship? Possible. Filling an empty soul? Possible. The Son of Man being born of a virgin? Possible. That same Son of Man? Dying on the cross with the sins of the world on his shoulders? Possible. And three days later, that same Son of Man rising from the dead? Possible. You see, church, in Jesus, God makes the impossible a reality. And as we get closer to the celebration of the birth of Jesus, we do so knowing that was once seemingly impossible is no longer the case. That the baby who was born into one of the most impossible kind of situations, in one of the most impossible kinds of conditions, is born with the proclamation that with God, nothing will be impossible. So in the coming days... And even beyond these days, let this proclamation remind you that your hope in Jesus is filled with endless possibilities. And if you're looking for some sort of proof of that, look no further than perhaps the people that you're with. Look no further than even just looking at yourself in the mirror. See, what you might see is an imperfect person 
someone who has had uh, their struggles in life, someone who has experienced all kind of hardships and pain and joy and yet is still struggling with sin. But what God sees is his beloved child. A child who has been born into a sinful world with a sinful nature and yet is covered by his grace, is forgiven for all of her sins, is far more loved than they can even imagine. As Jesus lives in you, you are promised the impossible. That a sinner is saved by grace through faith. This is because of Jesus. Because in Jesus, God makes the impossible a reality. Church, that is our reality. That in the birth, in this baby, the child, the son of the Most High, with endless possibilities, with eternal consequences, and an eternity that is promised with him forever. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.